You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. Welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. I like how you sing, but it doesn't have a tune. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's why I'm not a singer. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, welcome back. It's been a little hiatus for yourself. For me, yes. Yeah, man. Yes. It's like you've been it's nice to be here. Really productive. <laughs> that's a great way to phrase the word busy and flat out. Yes, it quite is. productive. I've been productive a lot lately. I was like, when when can we get like a like even like a forty five minute time slot? And I was like, I got one today. You're like, oh, I got one too. One today? Done. Yeah. Make it happen. Set yeah. it up. So we're back. What's new? What is new? Uh, just finished up the play. I uh, gave a speech. Feeling good. You've been very productive. Yeah. You've been productive kind of in the outside of the gym. Yeah. Uh, realm. Which has been good. Yeah. A lot of accolades for the, the, um, the play. Uh, I felt the most comfortable I've ever felt on stage. For what reason? I do not know. I have yet to identify what, what's different. Experience. Yeah, but this is like my seventh. You think you get better and better every time? It's like my seventeenth play, hmm. and I just like Thursday, sitting behind behind the set, and I'm just I feel good. Like the nerves were. You didn't have to do any like uh, nerve burpees there. or anything. Nothing. Oh. Nothing like that. When we were sitting and waiting for the show to open on Friday night, I looked to the girls next to me and I said, "I know what Kevin's doing. <laughs> He's doing a couple burpees in the back." You weren't. Nope. That's excellent. I just sat there in a chair and just like, cool, I'm ready. Wow. Anyway, maybe it was the preparation. Did that freak you out a little bit? The times that I've been on no. stage and, and I'm not nervous, sometimes I'm like, ooh, that could be a problem. Well, it's funny because we actually, me- I messed up quite a bit on Saturday. Nobody knew mm. in the crowd, but um, yeah, just, I don't know. There's no, there was some excitement, obviously, like that was there and, and heart rate was up, but nerves mm, no oh, nothing god that is so good and i guess that that goes along the lines with like who I, I mentioned this in a prior podcast about um acting and resiliency but it, it's a team sport and mm. so when when you have total trust in the people that you're on stage with that's obviously going to bring the nerve level down quite a bit so yeah it i'm helps. actually kind of going back to one particular well a couple different places one particular you and I were in that was uncomfortable because we really just didn't know what was going to happen. Gonna happen. Mm. I think we, you and I overprepared for that one because we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. I, well, I mentioned this to... going to save all the other people by learning all their lines better than our own. Right. And, and I mentioned <laughs> that to Bethany, like, I know everybody's lines. <laughs> like, when I'm on stage, I know what everybody's supposed to say. Like, so I, I memorized 94 yeah. pages of words. <laughs> Not just my own. But, and, you know, the confidence happened. level is yeah. priceless. And it happened. Yeah. Sunday, um, one of the actors jumped a fair amount of pages. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and w- without missing a beat, I was like, 
Yeah, yeah, but check out these walls. <laughs> Don't this you is talk about this that? is smoky salmon. He goes, "All oh, right, smoky salmon." I think that's what our color like. And suddenly you were, we were two pages back, right back, to, yeah. right back to where we should be. Yeah. And so it was, you know, I I felt good knowing that I knew how to bring it back, and so yeah. It's fun to be the saver. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's what's the worst? What causes the most stress and anxiety? Is when you can't do anything. Right. Like if you're backstage or even if you're on stage and like there's nothing like there's literally nothing you can do because it's not your line. You're not supposed to say words at that moment. <laughs> and you're like, well, I hope somebody steps up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know what, though? It's an interesting little segue because one of the very few instances where you cannot do anything about your stress and anxiety is when you're sitting backstage listening to something happen on the front. Yep. Every other time in your life, you pretty much can. So there you go. Great segue. Right. This podcast episode, it, we're talking about coping strategies for people that have stress and have anxiety. And we, as coaches, experience, it's not that we personally experience, but we see a lot of it. We see the the outcomes or the results of people that are ha are experiencing high stress and high anxiety in their life. Mm -hmm. Now, the gym is a place where, and we did an episode a while back about gym anxiety. So if you want to go back and listen to that, go for it. This is more about general anxiety and general stress and how people cope with it. And so we're going to start on the negative sides. And these are ones that we typically see I know that there are others. There's a laundry list of negative coping strategies that people use, and we're not, for the sake of time, <laughs> we're not going over all of them. Like, we know that there's substance abuse, we know that there's self-harm, and you know, if that's those are strategies that you are currently using, you need to go seek help. Like, listening to this podcast is probably not gonna do it, right? I hope it does, but that's not the intent behind this. So we're gonna go over the ones that we typically see or people tell us about and then come up with or share with you the positive coping strategies that, again, we're gonna break that down into two, two categories, but things that you can do to kind of prevent uh, stress and anxiety from creeping in and things that you can do in the moment, things that you know, I've experienced this thing right now. I need to do something right now. What is that? So that's kind of the the breakdown here of our, our episode. So Ingrid, yes. you're going to hit us with negative coping strategy number one. What do we got? Well, the first thing that popped into my mind, and I do believe yours as well, was uh, escapism. So mm, people like to, in times of stress and anxiety, uh, when life is, quote unquote, you know, crashing all down around them, uh, like to find ways to take a little vacation from their own brains. Uh, you mentioned uh, substance abuse. That's a biggie. That's a, you know, a, and, a, and I would say a red flag. So again, if this is something that you're experiencing, uh, you might want to seek a little bit of professional help. Reach out, please, please, please. Um, but other things like sleeping, scrolling on your phone, binge watching. Um, I'm guilty of this. I use movies in order to escape 
regular life. People say, what was the movie about? I say, I don't know. I just use that as an, as an excuse to yeah. not think about my life for two hours. It's true. Um, so yeah, escapism. Often, you know, it can feel good at the time. Yeah, I'm going to go get drunk or I'm going to take a long nap or I'm just going to kind of shut down here and just not allow my brain to function in that way that's bothering me. Um, but I would argue that uh, you're almost 100% of the time going to come back from that little escape and not much is going to have changed. So I guess I see it as a little different. Okay. Um, I see escapism as using uh, like entertainment mm-hmm. or searching for that next dopamine hit. Sure. Um, as opposed to like going for a nap. Okay. I find I would put like sleeping and napping and stuff like that more under like a procrastination uh, bucket than I would escapism. So okay. I, I know for me like escapism is using entertainment um, as a form of getting away or or disconnecting disconnecting mm-hmm. from reality. That's really what I see it as. Yes. And so that is things like video games, TV, social media, and it's just ways of avoiding the stressors of reality that are in your life mm-hmm. and get going into almost like a la la land. Yeah. Like I want I want to turn turn it off and experience the lives of other people <laughs> that so I don't have to experience my own life or the the things that are going wrong with it. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel that's a big one, man. It's the, the, the worst part about that is it's so easy. I know. Like if I think about back in the Mm eighties, if I wanted to play a video game, I had to blow into a cartridge for a half an hour before (laughs) it would work. I want to blow into the microphone right now and make that sound. (laughs) Now you just flick your phone open. It recognizes your face. You don't even have to type a password in. And with one click, you're in a game. Yeah, you didn't even have to put any work into it. Nothing. Uh. Like it was so hard to do escapism back then. (laughs) Just getting to the escape part is the reward, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like even... I'm like thinking back to like the old Vic 20 games we had. They were on cassettes mm-hmm. and you had to sit there and wait for it to load for five minutes because it had to play through the whole tape <laughs> before you could play it. Mm-hmm. You don't do that now. Mm-mm. Anyway. No, nope, it's too easy. Escapism is too easy. Even think about movies now. You just, you can talk into your microphone. You can talk into your remote. And then the movie pops your up. Favorite movie you don't have to on. drive anywhere. You, nope. you just click it and it's there. Yep. Escapism is too easy now. Man, I bet this this got my brain going now. <laughs> Imagine building a community where escapism is hard. What would that look like? Like just a little, like a community, like they're building the um, sustainable like community when, up at, Do- it's called Dobson's Corner, Dobson's Creek or something like that, Dobson yeah, Crossing. River, yeah, uh, It's like the sustainable area. So it's like, you know, net zero for their carbon output and stuff like that or their energy output. Imagine having something like that where to get things would be more challenging. Like there's no high speed internet. It's just, <laughs> go back to dial up where like you, if you want to use the phone, nobody can be on the internet. Can we go back there? Experience life with the hardships it was intended to have. Yeah, man. 
Well, yeah, I guess the easier life becomes for us and the more readily available things are to our fingertips, the more easily we can escape life anytime we want. I didn't mean for this one to go on for this long. (laughs) I know. It's so true. Anyway, I like where it went. Okay. Okay. What's the next one? Number two. Uh, This one's a big one. Uh, Emotional eating. Mm. I hear it often. When we have nutrition clients come in, we have them fill out a like this big seven page questionnaire and on it, what, what has prevented you from reaching your goals in the past? Many people will write on that emotional eating and that's, that's holding them back. Yeah. And it's, it's people's way of, again, dealing with stress and anxiety. This thing over here hurts. It's stinging woe, like ouchies. So I'm going to comfort myself with comfort food. That's why it's called that comfort food. It gives you comfort. So what are comfort foods? I guarantee it's not an apple or roast chicken Hmm. for most people. Okay. Right? Yeah. For most people, it's chips, ice cream, wine, right? Do you want to know what it is for me? Cereal. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's mini wheats and there's another one it's mac and cheese yeah there's another one <laughs> so what screw you for knowing that what do lots <laughs> i would say i would say Cereal. it used to be the same for me but mm-hmm. we just don't have it in the house anymore because mm-hmm. we identified that that was a comfort food so we got rid of it yeah and if it's not in the house then yeah. you can't eat it yeah done <gasps> so what do all of those food types have in common huh I don't know. Filled with sugar, mm-hmm. generally, mm-hmm. easily digestible, very little fiber, high calories, low nutrients. They are just garbage, garbage foods. Food. You're just filling yourself with trash. And a bunch what of what does that do for you in the short term? Makes you feel uh, real might damn make good. You feel good, but not for very long. What does that do for you in the medium term? Well, some people, when they eat um, many of those foods, you'll break out, you'll have stomach issues, you'll have digestive issues. You'll get sluggish. Well, what does that do for you Low in the long term? brings you down. You're going to start packing some things on. Yep. And then you're going to be like, I need to talk to a nutrition coach. Yeah. And then I'm going to write this down, emotional eating on this questionnaire. And then we're right back here. Right. Yeah. So... That's number two. Most, Easier said than done, eating. folks. Easier said than done. Again, we're going to go. Don't worry. We're going to get to the, the good stuff soon. Uh, number three. Uh, procrastination. So that's when you will find some things to do to avoid the things that you really should do. And I don't always like the word should just because it sometimes has a bit of a negative connotation. Um, Kevin can easily turn that around for you, though. Procrastination is something I'm guilty of. Uh, It's an avoidance technique. I find it's different than escapism. It is a deliberate sideways movement. So I'm supposed to be doing this. Oh, look over here. This should be done. This Mm. needs to be done. I can do this first. I was very, very, very good at cleaning my apartment before writing papers in university. (laughs) I can't do this homework until my house is all clean. Um, which you know damn well is is just is just a way to put off. 
which is funny because, you know, you always feel a lot better when you get done the things that you really need to do. But for some reason, there's a feeling of satisfaction from avoidance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so what the, the mechanism at work is you probably have this big thing mm-hmm. or this difficult thing that needs to be addressed. And so you go into these small little things that are familiar to you that are comfor- comfortable. I know how to clean. I know how to do laundry. Yeah, I, don't have I, know to how, think. I know how to mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. Those are easy. Mm-hmm. And those are all things where you can actually turn your brain off. But when you get it, when you get those small tasks done, you're giving yourself little check marks in your brain. You're like, oh, look, I'm being productive. I'm so good. Right. Again, like a little dopamine hit. But again, you're still avoiding the big thing. Whatever that thing that's causing you stress and anxiety, it's still there. It's not going away. Yeah. You're procrastinating by delaying the main task or the main responsibility of addressing it and using something else to deal with it. Yeah. Not healthy. No. No. Number four, rumination. Oof, that's a toughie. It's um, ruminating. What is it? It's constantly dwelling on those negative thoughts and worries without taking any constructive action to address them. So what does that do? It will actually perpetuate the anxiety and make it difficult to find solutions. And so the the analogy that I use that I have used in the past is the marbles in the dryer. Mm -hmm. Those marbles are each individual thought that are negative. And they're just, Just when you turn that dryer on, they're just bouncing, bouncing back and forth, making untold sounds and destruction. Right. Well, each one of those marbles is a thought in your head. That's also bouncing around. And so stop it. There's nowhere to go in the dryer. That's, yeah, I've never heard you use that analogy before. It's excellent. Stop the thoughts. You you can push pause on your dryer and you can push pause on your thoughts by writing them down. But again, we'll, we'll get we'll, onto we'll, that. We'll, we'll, chat, we'll chat about that. <laughs> Rumination. I thought that that's a, that's a big one. Yeah. And that's number a five. Hard one. Uh, number five is overworking. So, um, a lot of these are tied together. To me, this can be tied in with procrastination, escapism a little bit, but um, a little bit different. This is when somebody will avoid, overwhelm, or tr- attempt to dispel some anxiety um, by filling up their schedule with other things. Nice. So if I'm very busy, if I'm doing this, I'm being productive, and yet still the anxiety continues the overwhelm continues and things really don't end up making any headway as far as as far as dealing with those um and that feeling inside your body um so i I think at this point we start to start to need to start giving people suggestions um i I see the over filling the schedule i see the overwork as people actually like working yes putting too much time into work actually the actual work and other areas of their life mm-hmm. other important aspects of their life mm-hmm. become neglected yeah. i did a a couple people recently we did the analogy we went over the analogy and then it's an actual task like you actually do this 
but it's the rocks, pebbles, and sand analogy. Yep. What are, I'm going to dive into this. Oh, we've done this, um, talked about this once before, I think, in this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Rocks are the top things that, that have priority in your life. Yes. And so what people will do is they'll take the work one and make it like the main or the only priority, neglecting all the other rocks that are there. Yeah. So f- for your examples, mm-hmm. what would be some of your other rocks? Uh, family. Okay. Uh, so health. Work, family, health. Maybe one more. Work, family, health. Um, it's okay to have three. Four. I don't know. I like work and family and health. Cool. So if those are your, th- if you spend, you know, outside of sleep, ninety five percent of your time working, yeah, what's that going to do for the stress and anxiety in your life with the other aspects? Well, knowing this analogy, I think the family and health part will turn into sand. I wouldn't even have room for pebbles, right? Which is kind of devastating to think about. And so that's, I feel that's what overworking is. It's when you take mm-hmm. that working rock. And we, we all need to work. Look, if you don't work, you don't have money, you can't make a living, not good. Right. So it needs to be important. But when you make it the most important thing, you're using that as a distraction. Ah, oh, got to go back to work tonight. Oh, got. Well, do you have to go back to work? Or are you just saying that so you can avoid? Mm-hmm. It might be a difficult conversation that you're avoiding at home. Mm-hmm. Or it might be... You know, you have a kid that throws temper tantrums all the time and you just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. I, so I you'll back, say yes back to, to the work. project. Yes. Screw that. Of course. Right? Yep. All right. Those are our top five. Those, those are the ones that I see most often here as a coach that, that come up for people dealing with, with stress and anxiety. So I know before this, um, we wanted, or Ingrid and I were discussing some of the positive things that we encourage um, people to do to help with their stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then she mentioned that the, she put them into two categories. And I really like this. So the first one, which one do you want to start with? I like the proactive one first. All right. Proactive should always come before reactive. Go for it. So the proactive ones, what, what does this mean? Okay. So we're talking about coping with stress and overwhelm and uh, we've all been there. You know, life has reared its ugly head. Things are raining down. Things are different. Life is busy and uncomfortable right now. Um, So there are ways that you can be proactive, uh, meaning to start to recognize those things and triggers in your own body, in your own mind behaviors that you see yourself doing and start to get better at coping with those ahead of time to avoid overwhelm. The other list would be more of a reactive list, which is when you need something here and now I need to cope. I'm having I, maybe a panic attack. You know, I'm, I'm at the point where I need to bring myself down immediately. So for me, general coping mechanisms would be things like having a good routine something that you can rely on in times of trouble to keep you on a good path. So uh, it should include something like physical exercise, eating well and sleeping well. If you're not treating your body properly, your ability to cope uh, with those stressors is going to be greatly, greatly diminished right away, right off the top. I'd say chop, you know, 30% of your ability to do that off if you're not looking after yourself first. Where my mind went to right away when you said uh, 
uh, routine mm. was in in competitive sport anybody that's successful in their endeavor has a a routine that they do so for example Michael Jordan before he would go for a free throw he ha- he dribbled the ball and looked up at the net the exact same way every single time regardless of if it was the last 10 seconds of the game or in the first quarter and they were way ahead didn't matter the level of stress he went he to that to routine that. because he was more confident and more comfortable when going through that routine. We can learn a lot from that. Yep. We can do that with our own lives as well. Well, he went ahead and he made that a non-negotiable. So I would encourage people to make things like looking after your body, eat, treating it properly by moving it around, putting it proper fuel in it and resting uh, should be non-negotiables. If they are, and I'm not saying it's an easy thing, if you need help establishing a good healthy routine, come talk to us. Um, but the sooner you invest the time into a good routine of non-negotiable healthy habits, the more likely you are to pull through times of stress and anxiety well. So that's my first one. Nice. Shall I keep going? Well, I, could, I guess I could add to the mix. Well, the second one is about staying organized. Nice. Writing. Okay. So this is where I'd let you take over anyway. So that includes your your workspace and your house space and your sleeping space. If you have a messy bedroom, you will not have as good of a sleep as if your room was tidy. And I know we were just talking about like the avoidance and the procrastination about cleaning things up. But if that is one of the sources of stress, then go and do it. <laughs> if you avoid that, then you're going into, you're probably saying, well, I'm not going to bother cleaning up the room, so I'm just going to play uh, these games on my phone instead. Now you're resorting to escapism. And so it's the cycle, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, staying organized is super, super key. Uh, do you have some suggestions on how people can do that if organization is something that they struggle with? Just just some biggies. Bins. Ooh. <laughs> I also like bins and labels. Bins and labels, yeah. Mm. Now, it's there's two ways to do this. So physically, like physical tidiness and stuff, that ask for help, do it yourself, whatever. Mm. But just have, have a place for everything. We all have a junk drawer in our house. That's where the extras go. But everything else should have its place. So making sure that you identify that. Then we also have our mental thoughts. How do you get rid of those? It's not to get rid of them. How do you organize those thoughts? And I use an app called Things. So when a thought comes into my head like, oh, that's something I should do, I write it down. I put it on one of my lists. And in Things, you can create these different boxes. I call them buckets. And so if I have a, a book recommendation from somebody and I'm like, oh, that's, that's a good idea. I, sh- I should read that book. I put it in my book box and then it's there. I don't have to keep it in my head and it's not one of those marbles bouncing around throughout the day. I just realized you use things better than I use things. So we need to talk later. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a goodie. That's a goodie. We, you've also introduced people to writing things down in a number of different ways. Yep. Um, setting, li- making list of three. We have that lovely little, mm. right? I love that one. 
So when we have our to-do lists and you have 15 things to do and you only get three of them done, how do you feel at the end of the day? Like Like you failed. you were not productive. Now, if you take a list and you write three things down and you got three things done, how do you feel? Accomplished. You got them all done. Yeah. So that's that's the idea. Make your list smaller. You can put a tomorrow list and have that tucked away, but your Mm -hmm. to-do list for today, you keep it short on purpose. And if you happen to finish it, you can make another list if you like. You can go into the tomorrow list sure. if you get your today today list done. Ooh, how good would you feel doing three things today and two things for tomorrow It's a, rather it's than a, setting yourself a list different. of 15 and getting three done and feeling kind of shitty about yourself? Way different. It's just a, a mind shift. You did the same amount of work. You were the same amount productive in your life. And yet the feeling about it can be reframed. It's just a reframing instantly. strategy. Yeah. yeah. Right. What's our next one? You you got the list there. Well, I have a lot of things. Um, When we talk about people's mental or emotional capacity to deal with stress and anxiety, um, I'd like to talk about things like remembering what's in your control and remembering what you can choose to react to or not. A question that I've been asking a few of my clients recently is and this is is keep this front of mind what can i do about it that's the question if the answer is nothing then there's try to let it go there's nothing to worry about right that's it what can i do about it is there something that you can do about it then do it then you have an action plan what is it that you can do about it but it all it has to start with that question what can i do about it Love it. It's like one of those so arrow simple. questions. The yeses, yeses or noes. Can yeah, I do yeah, something yeah. about it? Yes. Then go do it. Can I not do something about it? No. Cool. Forget about then it. Then forget. It's the easiest one of all. Yeah. Probably the hardest thing to put into practice. But when you practice doing it. It becomes like quicker. We, I would practice with my clients. Like, I go, what, what problem do you have in front of you right now? And they would say what the problem is. Well, what can you do about that? And then we'd write it down. Yeah. Now you have an action item. Now you have a list. Mm. Here are the things that you can do about that right now. Then the next step, we're going to put that on your calendar. We're going to give it a due date. Okay, now now we're moving. Now we're actually getting stuff done. Yeah. Action dispels overwhelm. 100% of the time. If you are overwhelmed, if you are feeling stress and anxiety, there's a good chance that it's, you're forecasting, you're, you're looking forward or too far ahead. Yeah. I'm telling you to come on back, bring it back to the now, to the present, and then ask yourself that question. What can I do about it? Right. And you know what? Something is going to be better than nothing and probably better than everything. It's just asking yourself that question can relieve stress to know that you either do have some control Mm -hmm. or you have none if you have none then you're going along for the ride cool go into that with a curiosity mindset and see what happens right love it Hmm. Hmm. 
What do you think? Yeah. We've pretty I mean, much covered most of those things that I had written down. Med- meditation is another big one that, that we recommend. Meditation is another so. one. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of people will say, well, I don't know how to. Just sit there Just start. and let your thoughts happen. It's not that you're, a lot of people mistake uh, meditation for controlling your thoughts or not having thoughts. And that's not what it is. It's observing your thoughts. It's, it's, it's the, watching the, the cars go watching by. Watching the cars go by. Mm-hmm. You're not chasing after the cars. Right. You're not analyzing all of the cars and say, oh, well, I know what year and make that one is. And it probably has this much fuel and this much horsepower. You're not doing that. You just observe them go by. And that's, that's all meditation has to be. Yeah. It's not an analytical process. You look, you notice them and you make a note of it perhaps, and you let it go by. And if you want to amplify that, you include deep breathing exercises while you do it. And then it gives you something else to focus on. Now, is that a form of escapism? You it, could argue that. You could sure. argue that. Sure. Sure. Is it but also, is it also going to help? a moment to reset. To, to come down. Yeah. To bring you down. Yeah. Because when, okay, if somebody's stressed or experienced anxiety, we would say they're what? They're amped up. up. They're amped up. What does that imply? Everything is up. Breathing rate, heart rate, temperature, everything is elevated. Mm-hmm. So what does mindfulness, meditation, and deep breathing do? It helps. We call that grounding us. Where's the ground? It's down. Mm-hmm. Brings our heat down, our breathing down, our thoughts slow down. That's why this isn't, I don't consider it a form of escapism because it's having a positive outcome on that amped up scenario right exactly and when you are in that amped up scenario here's where you're going to move into the list of coping strategies that are reactive because you need those right now i like that you labeled it emergency coping emergency coping break glass in case of emergency Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we just well, mentioned one. You did just mention some of those things. Breathing. Um, you put counting. I like to include that in the breathing. So mm-hmm. uh, the box breathing technique mm-hmm. for those that this is so popularized now, but uh, for those that don't know, breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four and hold for four. And that's one trip around the square. square. Do that five to 10 times. I guarantee your physiology is going to change. Your thoughts are going to change as a result. Um, The counting one can also have its own kind of separate, uh, you know, it can be its own separate action, of course. Um, People that I know who suffer from a lot of anxiety or panic attacks have told me that they rely on counting certain things. Like there's a 54321 technique. Mm -hmm. So you're going to note five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can uh, smell. Anyway, it comes down to one thing you can taste. So sensory ones. Um, There's another one that's three and three. So it's name, 
you know, when you're in that moment and you just need to take a second and, you know, reset yourself, name three items and three body parts and then do it again if you need to. Um, And really the idea is while you're engaged in that activity, your um, nervous system can kind of reset itself a little bit. How often is somebody in a hyperventilating mode and you try to get them to make some decisions? It ain't going to happen. How many times have I told my daughter, just, okay, let's just stop and take a few breaths first. It's, it's, that's instinctual. It's not taught anywhere. It is, it is known worldwide. Mm -hmm. That's how you bring people down. Let's, let's let's just just take a few breaths. (sighs) Okay. Awesome. Yeah, support buddy, joy bringers. That's really inviting others in instead of going into isolation, which was actually on my original list of negative coping strategies was people tend to isolate themselves. Yeah. Um, so d- obviously doing the opposite is going to be beneficial if you have somebody in your life that you enjoy being yes. around. Mm-hmm. Um, get out and do something. Go with them. You're building a relationship. You're again action dispels overwhelm so when you go out and do something you will feel less overwhelmed as a result and i would say if you have a little list of those easy peasy things that you can just go ahead and do uh, pick one off the list that would be a great proactive strategy so that when you need a reactive coping mechanism that you can just draw on that I have a list in my phone that I I use in case of emergencies. I have a toolbox um, diagram that has it on it. So top shelf on a toolbox are things that you can grab really quick. They generally take five minutes or less. And then the main part of the toolbox are the bigger tools, the things that take five minutes or longer. So, um, yeah, that's basically what you're describing is have have that toolbox, but have it written down because then you can actually Because in a moment of extreme stress... You know, uh, I've had moments where I can't catch my breath, can't think straight. So open up the phone, have a little look at what those quick and easy things that bring me a little bit of peace or a little bit of joy and just quickly go and do them. Nice. For me, it's like stretching or listening to a particular song on the room, you know, whatever, what have you. Different for everybody. Yep. Um, relaxation techniques, mantras. Yeah. I mean, the mantra that I was saying earlier, what what can I do about it? Yeah, that's a really good one. I like that one. I like the question, the curiosity mantra. Yep. Rather than, you know, I can or I am, which are, right. which are good as well. And I go back to my my phone um, background. Yeah, I, I am driven. So, you know, we ex- obviously experience some stress uh, as a business owner and mm-hmm. it's not always sunshine and rainbows there's things that come up and then in those times where I feel sorry for myself and I'm spiraling down this pit of despair I remind myself you know what I've been through a lot in the past I've survived all of them I am driven and that it literally allows me to shake my head knock those marbles mm-hmm. loose and then continue forward with action I love that. I love that. And if you have been so wonderfully proactive that you've even written some of those things down, then you can even look back and you have the physical kind of, um, backup for what you're, for what you're experiencing, not just telling yourself, but looking and seeing it. I just, I just had a 
a talk with Stacy, and was, so I did that okay. proactively before I give my next speech um, at the end of October. Okay. So when I gave my speech um, last week, I did the nutrition break. I actually got booked for some more speeches. Um, it was pretty crazy. And then I went and I sat in the corner by myself and I just wrote down these four things because I knew I was, I wanted to hang on to that feeling of what I felt after I gave that speech. And so I want to go into my next one with those same feelings intact. So I was, I was already forecasting or predicting I'm going to feel stress and anxiety before I get on stage in front of 250 people. Like yeah. that's, that's going to be a stress response. However, if I say these four affirmations, I am a great speaker. I am inspiring. I convey ideas clearly and I am impactful. How good am I going to feel prior to getting on stage the next time? Yeah. But yeah. I had to do that right after. You did. That's because what it I, won't happen before next nope. time. Nope. Right. All those negative thoughts are going to pop up. Oh, what if you forget this? It's all the what ifs, right? Again, it's forecasting. It's, it's jumping ahead mm -hmm. to things that haven't happened yet. That's the main cause of stress and anxiety is you're looking forward. Bring it back. Come back to the now. Mm -hmm. That's why these affirmations are going to work for me when I put them into practice. Very nice job being self-aware. And I would like to encourage all people to take note of the things that stress you out and try to notice them sooner than later. Uh, write down how you feel about them, as Kevin has done. Look, I'm going to give one example for people because I know it's, it's true for a lot. <laughs> a lot of people are stressed as a parent. There's no manual. There's no instruction booklet on how to do this shit. Yeah. The next time something goes well and your kid says something nice to you, write that shit down and how it makes you feel. And now you have something to go back to. So when the shit hits the fan and nothing is going well and nobody's listening to you, you can take a few breaths, you can open that up and you can say, I am a loving mother. I am a caring father. My children love me. It might not seem true in the moment, but you know, deep down, you know it's true because it happened. Yep. You've already recorded the evidence of that being true. Yes. So you're proactively creating these affirmations for the next time it doesn't go well. I like that. I like that very much. There you go. Well, it is very hot in this damn office. It's always too hot in here. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta wrap it's up. It's twenty-four degrees. It's set for half that. Yeah, it is actually. Blech. All right. Again, if if you need any help with your stress or anxiety, feel free to reach out to one of us or as, as a coach. We are more than willing to help. If it goes deeper than that, again. We said it before and we will say it again. Please reach out to a professional so that you can get the help that you need. And in the meantime, keep being resilient and see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe and I'll see you next time.